What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. of another Dolphins podcast and we have breaking news as we are developing here on Monday afternoon it is 3 30 in the afternoon and the Miami Dolphins have been called for another <clears throat> penalty Joshua what's happening now where, where where'd that flag come from it just where, where'd that go yeah it was pretty bad wasn't it I mean that entire game it was uh pretty good up until a certain point and there were tons of flags um when you're at the game live, I was there like we talked about, and you really – they don't re- replay any of those things. So you really don't – you see a flag, you don't know, or a play where they miss the flag, you don't really see the replay. They kind of hide that for a reason. So it, it looked much worse when you got home and started to see everything that went down. X Twitter is on fire. Dolphins Twitter, Dolphins fan base, everyone is losing their minds. There were some penalties, but overall, Joshua, the Miami Dolphins fell on Sunday night football 31 to 17 to the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought this would be a great opportunity to go full Seinfeld. I want to start with some airing of grievances. I think that'd be a great way to kind of um exercise the demons that have dealt with this game. But first, my friend, yesterday was a trip for you. You went out, you went to the game. Can you tell me a little bit about the experience, the adventure? And uh, if you uh final score aside did you have a nice day yeah like i told you my wife is an eagles fan we were celebrating i think it was eight years being married we both decided let's go to this game had great seats like i said i mean i could sit there and yell at these guys um i posted a video of jalen ramsey on the sideline just you know talking crap to a fan and i got sports center asking me if they can use it on tv i'm like i I don't think it was that serious so um it was a great experience man there were people coming up to me you know saying how they listen to the podcast love my content and it just yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So we did get away from the kids, which was a little bit scary. But um, my mom did very good. So um, Graham Graham did good with the kids. So maybe we'll do it again. But it sucks the way it turned out. But overall, it was a good trip. And I got to wear my jersey. And everyone's like, "Oh man, don't wear your jersey. You're gonna die." No one messed with me at all. So um, next time we play the Eagles, cool dude. Yeah, no I, with the cool dude. I guess, or I don't know. I don't know why they didn't. I, they should just kick the crap out of me. But I mean, I, I think the next time these two teams meet, it's going to be much different. Let's just say that. Does your wife have a Eagles burner account? Like, like if we start searching far enough, will we find a Twitter account with fifty thousand followers like you have on X? Or is she no, adding it that well? No, and I'm pretty sure she kind of admitted. Like, I kind of wanted to see the Dolphins win this for you. Like there was Aww. a fan next to her who, well, there was a fan next to her that was kind of being a douche and he was an Eagles fan. So she's like, um, I kind of wanted to see the Dolphins win. She knows how much it means to us and as his Dolphin fans. So it sucks. It didn't turn out that way, but it was cool seeing those Kelly greens and it was cool being on Sunday night football. I, I don't know how you felt seeing it from the TV broadcast, but I'm sure they were just hyping up different guys showing different, you know, uh, things that you probably didn't get to see at the stadium. Right. 
there's a lot of Tua and Hurts. That was the huge conversation. And it kills me because I feel like we're entering a realm that people who are on TV discussing sports in a certain way shouldn't be on TV talk about sports a different way. I guess people were going up to Tua and Jalen saying, are you guys going to talk before the ha- game and, and greet? And then someone came on and was like, well, actually, no, quarterbacks don't usually do that. They might high five, but like it's before the game. These guys don't really meet up. So it was just weird to me that it seems like so much is made about just the relationships instead of the game itself was a little frustrating to me. Uh, but that that is that, Josh. I want to get into this game itself, so let's get into it. Let's air some grievances about this Miami Dolphins game. Everybody's talking about it, dude. The Miami Dolphins were flagged 10 times for 70 yards. And I think, dude, you just kind of proved the biggest point of this whole, this whole issue. You go to the bank. You're watching the game. The Eagles aren't replaying any of this stuff because there were no penalties. They're not re-showing Cedric Wilson getting his helmet switched sideways, looking like that is his heads on backwards, like he's a Lego minifigure type thing. That just goes to show, man, that the frustration that we feel, the I'm ready to flip over a table, is somewhat warranted when you see how poorly this game was officiated. Yeah, you know, some people might say you're making excuses, but you're not when it's just that many you know, missed mistakes or missed penalties here or, you know, there's something else that they didn't call over there. I mean, it could have honestly dictated the way this one was because correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a 17-17 game going into the fourth quarter. So the Dolphins were still hanging around um, for the refs, you know, kind of go out of their way and to only penalize the Dolphins, it seemed, well, I think they did, right? Ten penalties to zero. I see Dolphins Twitter going down this hole during – like they're out there Scooby Doo style, man, finding out that this guy lives like 50 miles away from from uh, a Philly crazy, or something. Dude. Yeah, something crazy like that's been banned from like uh, refing ACC games or something. Don't quote me on that, but um, it's just wild and how crazy they're going out of control with it. But like you mentioned, man, it is warranted when there's so many different missed opportunities. That again, you're sitting there at the Lincoln Financial Field and they're not showing it on the the, the broadcast. They're not showing it on the big screen because. Um, they don't want you to know that, you know, Cedric Wilson got mauled in the face because um, it, it was ugly. And it was it started on the opening drive for the Dolphins. And don't get me wrong. It wasn't just the Dolphins got in their own way, too. And the refs aren't the reason we lost this game. However, we're airing grievances. There's no room for logic here. Joshua, the first drive thing started to stuck right, suck right away. How is the first play from scrimmage on offense? How do you get a delay a game on that? This kind of felt like the old Mike McDaniel games where I don't necessarily think it's a play calling issue. I just think that sometimes the plays take six seconds before the ball snapped to develop. There's one miscommunication. All of a sudden things are derailed. Uh, that penalty, though, really bothered me because that delay a game right away against a defense like the Eagles with that front, you cannot be behind the chains. And then I think it was in the second half as well. They had another coming at um, uh Coming out of the field the first play, they had a second delay of the game. So before we get into the ref nonsense, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Do we think Mike McDaniel has learned from his mistakes from last year? Or are these uh, are you feeling a little queasy about these play calls? I don't know if I feel queasy necessarily, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on, right? I mean, I do believe that it happened, and I don't want to say this was a huge – I mean, this wasn't as big as those playoff games where he had, you know, mishaps and th- things like that, burning timeouts, but this was a big game on Sunday Night Football where they were, you know, hyped up to go out there and play, and for like you mentioned, them to have to burn a timeout there get that or get that delay a game, I mean – that's not what you want your team to do. And I'll admit it. It was pretty loud there, but I've been to games there at the link before we've been to other games. And I can't say that it was like a college atmosphere or anything, you know, how crazy that can be. So um, yeah, that was definitely disheartening, but I won't say I feel queasy because again, 
Um, I think you and I can both agree. And I mean, I know you talk about the past and history about how we've been duped before, but I do feel like Mike McDaniel is the right head coach and is our dude. And I think it might be different with him, but we definitely want to see him learn from some of those mistakes and his offense and just his players in general, not make these boneheaded things that cost you timeouts, especially like you said, first play of the game. Those are just the things you, you never really expect and you never really predict to come. The first drive of the game as well, Isaiah Wynn got rolled up on. He never returned to the game. That put Lester Cotton in there. Lester Cotton was responsible for another false start, and he had a holding penalty, which would have been an uh, awesome touchdown to Tyree Kill, which forced a field goal on. I think it was their second drive after. I think it who, who fumbled for the Eagles? I, I completely forgot what that one was. Uh, oh, Jalen Hurts, he, he fumbled it on a sack by Bradley Chubb, and Christian Wilkins recovered it. That was... Something I do want to say is that the defensive front was absolutely awesome all day. This was like that Bills game last year in the sense of the defense did everything it could to win the game. But there were just some humps there, especially on offense, that the Dolphins could not climb out of. I want to get your thoughts, though, Josh, because that Bills game, it kind of felt like the Dolphins were tight roping and like they were like 40,000 feet in the air and then one little hiccup and all of a sudden they'd be falling to their death. Did this game really feel that way? I didn't think so. I mean, I, again, I feel like this is just a different team where we almost kind of felt cool, calm, and collected despite us being down, right? I mean, even mm -hmm. being there in the stadium, it was like, all right, the Dolphins are going to figure this out because the offense was off rhythm. You mentioned Isaiah Wynn getting hurt. I mean, uh, that's the thing that I continue to go to and just continue to remember. I mean, we'll talk about later in our uh, second episode, I believe, why we're going to be okay. But, you know, we're missing so many different pieces, and they still managed to get by and make this game competitive. Um, I think that matchup coming into this week, we were sitting here talking about where this game could be won and lost, and it was the trenches, right? And we did mm -hmm. see that uh, it absolutely happened. I mean, we don't want to knock kick Liam Eikenberg while he's down, but for everybody that propped him up last week, he had a pretty dreadful game in this one. Then you lose Isaiah Wynn. You're already down Armstead. Kendall Lamb looked a little bit you know, shaky, but everyone did because, again, they were playing against one of the best teams in football. So, um, uh, yeah, like you said, man, kudos to that defensive front because – um, even Jalen Phillips stepped up, right, with um, added added snaps. He made an impact in this one. Jalen Phillips was awesome from the start. He's looking healthy. They uh, Vic Fangio said during the week that he'd be on a pitch count, and that was the case. But, man, it's just – you, you just start opening up these drives and you see right away like where the massive issues come in. We spoke about it coming into the game. The Eagles aren't the greatest red zone team. This is a team, and it was, must have been apparent live and extremely frustrating, this is a team where their biggest strength is, is counting to 10. And I don't mean that as disrespect. They are great at, we have four plays, let's get 10 yards and do it over again. We're not going to get called for penalties, whether we fold David Long Jr. into a lawn chair or not. There's no penalties going to be called. We're just going to get those 10 yards and do it all over again. Brutal, brutal plays, man. On fourth and one, Jalen Hurts goes up two yards through the middle on that tush push, whatever the hell we want to call it. I'm getting tired of talking about that. But, man, what the most frustrating play of the entire drive, second and 10, early in the second quarter, Jalen Hurts pass incomplete short left to DeAndre Swift. The Dolphins are doing a great job at getting to Hurts, making him a little uncomfortable. There were a lot of times where they broke containment and Hurts was able to run free. However, because Hurts was dealing with a leg injury, I didn't think it'd be as big as a problem as it was for the Miami Dolphins. But man, at Miami's 35-yard line, pass goes incomplete to set up a third and 10, a situation the Eagles are probably their weakest scenario to be in as an offense. Christian Wilkins roughing the passer 15 yards from absolutely touching this guy. 
dude, I don't know when we can just sit here and, and just pause as a society and say, pause, what are we doing here? Things don't make sense. I mean, I go back to the Jalen Phillips sack last year on Justin Herbert. There are just some scenarios where, okay, if we wanted Christian Wilkins to play perfectly, he had a step and a half to try to spin off him. He didn't push him to the ground. He barely landed on him, and he even laid off. That, to me, is what really started to derail the game, is when you're swinging 15 yards. The Eagles are great at getting 15 yards. It just takes them three plays to do it. When you give it to them all at once, dude, you you cannot win on the road on Sunday night. And the Kelly Greens, you can't beat it all. No, again, cars were kind of stacked against them, but you're right, man. Like that's That right there is a prime example, right, that – unnecessary unnecessary roughness right rough in the past where there was no reason for them to call that that's not um it, it's just so weak and you mentioned earlier how it was warranted um you know sitting here saying about how these refs might be swinging this game a little bit i mean in that situation it was absolutely the case the refs did not win the game for the eagles I mean, let me make that perfectly clear the, the eagles played a great game and i don't want anyone to take the idea of them how, how well they get to 10 yards in four plays as a slight. They made it to the Super Bowl last year by doing it. Like, this is two completely different offenses, and I think that's why, like, you see seven penalties for 70 yards. It doesn't sound that extreme. Okay, well, if you have a second and 10, you finally get the Eagles behind the chains, and all of a sudden you're offsides. You're telling me the Eagles can't get five yards in three plays with, with the running they do? That's where the issues come in because it just made a slow death a little more painful. And I think if, you know, the Dolphins scored that touchdown to Tyreek, if said Wilson was called for that, um, you know, face mask call, we'd feel a little better. But I think we'd still understand the Eagles, the consistency of that offense just to grind you down. That's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, we're sitting here complaining. I'm admitting, you know, I'm sitting here complaining as well about the refs, but uh, I think the Dolphins probably weren't going to find a way to win this one because they were just outmatched, right? We can sit here and talk about the injuries still were blue in the face, but we just did not have any, um, you know, way of combating that. And you talked about the tush push, man. That's, I was sitting there, I went on ESPN Honolulu to talk about uh, Tua, and they were just, that's pretty much all we wanted to talk about was that tush push and uh, how, how teams were going to stop it and, you know, if the Dolphins were going to, have to game plan for that again in the Super Bowl and things like that. So um, it, it what sucks. What's your response? It, I, I I was kind of taken back by that. I mean, I think I feel like the Dolphins can be in the Super Bowl if that's what you're asking. But I just felt like everyone's sitting here saying it should be banned. And I mean, admittedly, I don't know that it should. Right? I mean, it's a football play. What? Someone's got to figure out a way to stop it. That's that's what we got to do here. It's a football play that gains one yard. Like, we are, what are we doing here? Like, it's I like the Madden games. There was a Madden where you would just QB sneak and it would always work, right? Like, there was a time when the animation, it would just always convert it. It was called Tom Brady. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was like that simple. Like, and it blows my mind that we need to spend so much time talking about literally 22 people moving one yard, smashing each other in the face for four seconds and moving one yard. To me, man, that's more tiring than, than the tush push itself. Good for the Eagles. They figured out a play that works. They, hey, what what do we love Mike McDaniel for? He knows the talent around him. He knows how to use it. And all of a sudden, we have the Dolphins as a cheat code. It sounds like anybody's cheating who isn't doing that basic generic Madden playbook. That If you don't do that, you're cheating. If you're not running slants, the PA boot, that stuff, nope, you're cheating. Overall, though, Josh, I think I agree with you, man. The tush push, it's a play. It's fine. It's whatever. Go the first three plays without getting letting them get nine yards. How about that? That's how you stop the tush push. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you stop the tush push. Um, What were your thoughts on, you know, we came into this game and we were asking, like, what different matchups we were watching. It was definitely the trenches. I mean, I think the Eagles won that battle. We were a little bit worried about that. But we also were talking about Dallas Goddard and, you know, some of those other matchups that 
the Dolphins had no uh, answer for him. You know, there were times when you saw Eli Apple kind of jogging behind him because he was probably supposed to be in coverage. Um, Goddard had a big day. I mean, and let's be honest, I don't know about you, but as soon as I saw the inactives come up on my phone and it said Xavier Howard, I was like, oh, man, dude, like I, I, I like Cater Coho a lot. I mean, I little a little shaky about Eli Apple, but. Uh, that was not a good matchup, as you saw. AJ Brown went ballistic, and so did Dallas Goddard. So, what were your thoughts on those two? Because, um, again, we're eventually going to get healthy here. We keep talking about Jalen Ramsey, but um, it's it's hard on that secondary. And thankfully, we did have a solid pass rush to at least keep us in this one. I I don't think I want to like everybody goes to Eli Apple right away as like the whipping boys. Is everybody's just not a fan of this guy? We're going to bash him every chance we get cutting him and boy, you're going to break your mic. You're doing it so fast. I see you over there, Mr. Hodds. Cut it out. <laughs> okay, Joey, we'll go with that. I can't even think of his last name. Um, I don't think I would blame the secondary at all for how this game went about. I thought Kohu did a solid job. I think just like it's a matter of time till Tyree kill catches a deep bomb over your secondary. I think it's only a matter of time till someone tries to hit AJ Brown and the hit somehow the, the force of the hit goes through him and hits the defender trying to tackle him on the other side. And they both bounce off. It just seems like that's an AJ Brown type thing. I thought they contained him containing meaning not break off like a 40 yard touchdown bomb, right? That's, that's the key here. The Dolphins made them nickel and dime it down the field, and A.J. Brown, they lasted all the way until the fourth quarter until he just erupted and had that big touchdown. Obviously, man, you have Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, two of the highest-paid cornerbacks in the league not playing. Those are absolute difference makers where, dude, I'm actually looking forward to having Kohu as your you know third, fourth cornerback. You have Nick Needham coming back. I'm even comfortable having Eli Apple out there when you add in those other guys. I think the secondary is looking pretty solid. I think that the way the Vic Banjo defense operates, they're not going to shut you down. They're not going to necessarily get you into a quick three and out as much as um, fans would love that. It's about getting an opposing offense to work their way down the field. And it's just a shame the Eagles were do, were able to do that. And a lot of it was that the members of the secondary did great initial coverage, but Hey, Jalen Phillips tries to go inside for a sack. Christian Wilkins tries to break on the pocket. All of a sudden Hertz is using his legs and it's a lot harder to cover the more seconds of play last. Yeah, and and soon we're probably gonna see Cam Smith out there too, right? Maybe maybe that's a, maybe, a corner. Maybe that yeah, maybe maybe not. So, um, yeah, man, we'll 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 see. I just feel like you know the Dolphins. Even if you're coming into this one and you sat here and said, "Okay, Philly's gonna score 31 points," I mean, to your point, I think we would have felt pretty good about that. You know, okay, so Dolphins got to score 32. I think we can do that. So, despite the referees, despite you know some of the injuries we've had to occur, some of the mismatches, despite you know, like I said about Goddard getting his. A.J. Brown getting his, I don't know that the Dolphins' offense would have done enough in this one, um, you know, to overcome the Eagles. And that's okay because one day we're going to be healthy, and that's when uh, the entire world's going to be put on notice, right? And it's clear that the Dolphins weren't going 17-0. and And if the Dolphins are going to lose games, what would you rather them? If the Dolphins were going to be 5-2, and would you rather them lost to the Broncos at home? Would you rather be dealing with that right now? No, and I like I, I think we said on the last one, right? If you were predicting the schedule even at the beginning of the year before some of these trades, before some of these signings, the draft, even after, you probably would have said, okay, they might lose to the Eagles, right? Kelly Green night, Sunday night football the and at, at the link. It's a little bit nipply outside. I mean, it, it, the weather wasn't bad. But, yeah, man, I think at this point of the season five and two, uh, you can feel pretty good about where you're at, and you can also see what needs to improve over the next few weeks. And we kind of went out on a limb and, you know, brought into light some of those things lester cotton the couple penalties again it, it's tough for an offensive lineman to come in especially rowdy area that 
shout out the Dolphins offense because there was what the first three runs, each of them went for like negative five yards for Raheem Mostert. I thought for sure it'd be like that Titans game a few years ago where it was Tua looking sad on the sidelines as they lost 43 to three. The growth in this team's incredible because while that offensive line had all of its lunch money stolen, it didn't last for four quarters. There was some opportunities to operate. And also on top of that, man, seeing Tua navigate this pocket with little time is so much more fun than watching Ryan Tannehill get clobbered for a seven-yard loss. I just want to throw those two things out there because the Dolphins do deserve credit where this Eagles defensive line is so great it ruined the game, but it didn't make the game a total disaster, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I do remember looking up at the score at one point. It was like, uh, or just it had the yardage and things like that. And I think it was like negative six yards rushing. And that might have been into the second quarter. Then, you know, Mike McDaniel, they found creative ways. We saw Chase Claypool out there a little bit, right? Shout out to him. I know he was blocking a little bit, kind of getting involved. So, um, yeah, man, I, I'm excited to see where this becomes because I feel like, like you said, they're not going to go undefeated, so you're not going to win them all. You lost to a very good Eagles team, and again, you know what your mistakes are heading into, what, a week against the New England Patriots who didn't they beat the Buffalo Bills? Like, it's hard to keep a track of this stuff when you're who at a game. Thought? Yeah, nuts. Who would have thought that the uh... – I thought it was easy to win in New England. I thought that was like a bad team. And like and that team was going to the Super Bowl. I know everybody thought the Bills were going to the Super Bowl. Like they were spawning at the Super Bowl or something. And and if, I don't know sports that well, but I think Matthew Judon is a pretty good player. And, and Christian Gonzalez is too. I think those two would help you win more than more than hurt you and help you lose. So that's really interesting. Um, Emmanuel Agba playing just a handful of snaps as being one of Miami's highest uh, paid players is depressing. A player to keep my eye on moving forward is Alec Ingold. He had another limited day in terms of snap count. He's been seen in a walking boot and given in the last couple of weeks, so I just wonder if he's been battling through something. Josh, anything else that you really just want to get off your chest? Any more grievances you want to air? Any more problems you have with these people? Uh, otherwise, we'll go in and we'll talk about some positives. No man, let's go ahead. Let's get let's get positive on this thing. I'm I'm done being negative and I'm ready to turn the page. Simple question here. Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips back? I think Jalen Phillips might be back. Is is the uh honor ring ceremony back on? I think it might be back on after what we saw on Sunday. Yeah, no one's gonna believe me, but I'm sitting there yelling Jalen Phillips, like, yo man, Jalen Phillips. And he, he kind of looked at me like I kind of knew it was gonna be a big Jalen Phillips game. So um yeah, I I mean, yeah, I think he's back, right? We gave him his gold jacket or uh, put him in the ring of honor back in his rookie year. I think uh it took him a little bit to get back from this injury. You know, he's not quite there snap wise, but dude was wrecking in the backfield, you know, making plays. Uh, making Jalen Hurts' life a living hell, and Bradley Chubb. I mean, again, I have written down, you got to give him his praise because, uh, you know, we've all kind of been down on him. You see his name all at the top of the statistics, but you want to see sacks and pressures and things like that. You're starting to see him, and they're disrupting this game. And I thought that, like you said, it, um, you know, in the first part, they're absolutely playing out of their mind right now, that defensive line. Bradley Chubb, two sacks, one tackle for a loss, and a quarterback hit Jalen Phillips added another sack, tackle for loss, and two quarterback hits. This was the first game this season where I thought the Miami Dolphins defensive front looked like the defensive front we saw last year. You know, we were starting to get under the pressure, and this was Josh Boyer's defense, right? You need to blitz at least that one extra guy, and then once it's 1v1 matchups across the board, then the Dolphins can really eat. That's not what we saw on Sunday against the Eagles. We saw four guys go out there. I didn't think the Dolphins were blitzing too, too much. That just really won the line of scrimmage. I think, uh, what? Lane Johnson allowed his first sack since I think Trump was president. I mean, the Dolphins really, really did a great job of just consistently pressuring Jalen Hurts. And 
that's why I still feel like, hey, this is much different than the Bills game because I thought, you know, the Eagles scored 31 points here. I think that, you know, has to do with the Miami Dolphins taking a few risks at the end. Overall, I thought the defense played an excellent game and just really forced the Eagles to play their perfect offense. And hey, credit to them. I think they did that despite averaging, you know, just 2.9 yards per carry. Yeah, I thought they were good against the run. And you got to give, uh, you're sitting, we're talking about the defensive line and how well they played. You got to give Jerome Baker, you know, his flowers, right? I mean, I've been harsh on him before 11 total tackles. Yeah, one tackle for loss, one pass deflection the kids are so stoked for Jerome Baker he had that touchdown uh pick six you also saw David Long uh Jr. making an impact as well so I mean I think we're seeing it all come together again I was kind of harsh on the secondary but even Javon Holland was playing like his head was on fire thank God he's okay right after him and David Long uh collided they didn't even show that in at the stadium like I was I was scared to death because right they collided and they were getting going to the blue tent so um overall I do think this defense is getting very good and you got to give them their praise and also, Andrew Van Ginkle, again, this he was, uh, you know, took a step back, I guess, a little bit based on, you know, previous games, but still six tackles, uh, a quarterback hit and a tackle for loss. So defense is playing pretty good. Yeah, we were wondering how they'd be able to rotate these guys in. And it's, I think it's safe to say they figured it out. David Long, man, he's really becoming that guy we all thought he would be during the offseason. Who knew that it'd take a few weeks for people to really understand how, how, uh, how this defense works. But I got to ask. Does it kind of feel like David Long is just figuring out how fast he is? Because it seems like there were a couple plays where he just kind of like ran by the play and then would look back like and, and be a little shocked that, that he went right by it. Yeah, there's absolutely times where he overcommits a little bit and things like that. And I do think it's just how fast he plays and how decisive he is. But when, you know, he misses a hole or, you know, runs right past the ball carry, you definitely notice it. But even him, I mean, there's highlights going around. I think uh, Baldy's putting out some – he gets the all 22 before everybody, that guy. He gets it so early. He's He put out a thing with David Long. I think he, like, bulldozed over a, a tight end or maybe it was an offensive lineman to get to the ball carrier. I mean, that again, the run game played very well. And I, I think once this uh, secondary is healthy, it's going to be game over for the rest of the rest of the league. Circling some players on offense here. I generally I didn't think Tua played too too bad he threw the interception there but um you know there's a lot of uh Monday morning quarterbacking about Jalen Waddle ran the wrong route so that's what opened up the door for uh Darius Slade to kind of come over and intercept the ball Raheem Mostert was also held on the play which is also very fun but overall I mean the Dolphins couldn't run the football they did average 3.8 yards per carry Mostert averaging five yards per carry is kind of fake news when you consider how uh slow that start was uh but man, Tua had to work every single play to get that first down. And that's why you see him averaging 6.8 yards per completion compared to him being higher that 10 or 11, because the running game just wasn't working. It was very inefficient. But I thought the offense was still able to move the football. It was a little painful at times. We saw Tua doing that, um, what, behind the back pass to Tyreek. When they're doing that casually on like a second down to game four yards, that's how you know that things are really hard to uh, come across when it's just not a trick play, but it's a play just to kind of keep the sticks moving. Yeah, it almost seemed like at times they were trying to empty the bag, you know, do almost everything exactly. just to to pick up a few yards. So um, you could definitely see it. You mentioned Tua didn't really play that bad. I think he'll admit that he underthrew that ball to uh, Raheem Mostert, whether or not Jalen Waddle ran the wrong route. I mean, if not, it was designed poorly, right? I mean, they're both in the same – area we saw Darius Slay break off and jump in front of that one so obviously once that one back but I mean um man I, I guess we should talk about Tyreek Hill and maybe the last one he had that one where he should have had a touchdown right on that slant where he dropped it and then 
Um, there was another one. I can't remember. There was I, the pass interference right where, uh, yeah. where it was called back. Dude, that, we that also one had a where touchdown. He, Let's keep this positive. He also had that touchdown, right? It's so cool, man, that once a game we just have, like, the, the, the nine. He's just going to go run straight, catch a ball. Tyreek's down there somewhere. It, it's, what, taking – a season and a half for Tyree Kill just to be that guy, have that connection with Tua. That just kind of speaks to the uh, chemistry they have together. Dude, that one play on the slant where he ended up kicking it through the end zone, Chris Collinsworth brought up an interesting point where he had to kind of lean. Again, this isn't like a complaint or anything, but but Tyreek had to kind of lean forward, and then he had to like catch up to his legs a little bit. So that's what resulted in his like knee hitting the ball going through the end zone. Those things are going to happen once in a while. It's frustrating for sure. It should have been a touchdown. But, I mean, you know, you, you take the good with the bad sometimes in a situation like that. Uh, how about Cedric Wilson? Did you think we'd see a Cedric Wilson appearance? Not only did he have a huge third-down conversion down the sideline, he also took a sack. That's how you know he's officially a Miami Dolphins quarterback. Yeah, no, I, I lost my mind when I saw I think I just, you know, tweeted out or zeded out, whatever the heck it is, you know, Cedric F. and Wilson sighting because he did make a nice catch. And when he took that ball, uh, that lateral or whatever it was i stood out of my seat because i was like oh dude this that's qb number three or uh, yep. i guess he's qb4 now qb4 i was like oh he's gonna unleash this thing and then he then he didn't held up on it so um i was hoping to see cedric wilson launch that thing up so uh we mentioned tyree kill right man he i didn't realize he was targeted 15 times he had 11 catches for 88 yards and then that touchdown but like you said man it's like sometimes when you're playing madden and you just see the cornerback one-on-one with tyree kill and you know tyreek's a 99 and all those cornerbacks are like a 79 you're just going to do that go route or that nine round and just let him let him do his thing so um yeah it, it, that's a good problem to have right trying to think of if there's anyone we're missing here um waddle what i mean i don't know if you guys saw us but waddle looked like he was banged up almost the entire game and back, even tyreek yeah. Okay, because they didn't really, like, elaborate on that. And then Tyreek Hill, even he went in the blue tent at one point. I was like, oh, shit, like, what's going on here? Like, And you're sitting there seeing that, and you think it's a lot worse, and you're probably on TV here, and, like, he has, like, cramps or something. No, it, it was actually a little concerning, and it, and it kills me because the Waddle, they're saying it's a back injury. Um, so Waddle leaves the field, Josh, and they go to a commercial break. And then the first commercial is for the NFL, and it's the play where – who was running out to his left? Who were they playing against? It was at home uh, where Waddle had – it was the it was the first game Waddle was back. So would that be the Giants game? Because he caught a touchdown, and it literally has him catching it and then landing on his back, like smashing all the way to the ground and landing on his back. I saw that, and I'm like, bruh, like this dude, he is too a great receiver. He goes all out for every ball, and he just – if he could just fall a little easier. Cause man, you just see him just go from like five feet in the air to the ground on his back. And it's just rough, very, very rough. So hopefully he's doing okay. Moving forward. He finished with uh, six receptions on six targets for a total of uh, 63 yards there. Salvan Ahmed did a little of nothing. Jeff Wilson made his first appearance back. He had one reception for four yards. Uh, he didn't run the ball once. Dude, what's this running back group? We'll start to wrap up here, but what's this running back group looking like? I mean, Raheem Mostert's running back 1A. Uh, Devon A. Chan's going to be back in a couple weeks, but where does every where does the rest of the production come from, especially when you have Savan Ahmed, Jeff Wilson Jr.? You look, go back to last year, these guys could at least give you something, that one spark play, whether it's a 20-yard run by Savan Ahmed against the Bills or whatever it may be. That spark wasn't there from the running back group except for uh, Mostert. 
No, we do got to remember this is a very good Philadelphia Eagles front. Absolutely. But I mean, to your point, man, I mean, we're just hoping and praying Devon Achan's back, right? And we can get, uh, he can pick up where he left off because I don't know where this group goes. They have Salvin Ahmed. We all kind of get hyped on him for a certain play. No preseason, maybe a highlight we see, but we didn't see it in this one. And you wonder why Jeff Wilson, I mean, they had to have high hopes for him at some point, right? I mean, he was a de facto starter. I mean, we sat here and joked how fantasy people were there talking about Jeff Wilson being that RB one. So uh, why wasn't he getting more touches? Chris Brooks is also eventually going to come back hopefully. So I mean, there's another guy. So I think it goes most dirt HN. And then at that point, you're just maybe Chris Brooks. Maybe we see more of Jeff Wilson after he gets acclimated and back at, underneath himself. And maybe Salvin Ahmed can break out. But like you said, man, nobody really brought it in this one, except for uh, Raheem Mostert, who that's just, that's just who he is at this point. So Jeff Wilson, it wasn't like a sit out and request a trade, but he asked to be traded last year at the deadline, and that's how he wound up in Miami. Uh, they sent a fifth-round pick to San Francisco for Wilson. What's different in this scenario compared to what Wilson was dealing with last year, Josh? Because all of a sudden he looks like the fourth running back on a team that features running backs a boatload, and he's right back to where he was. That's how I kind of am starting to feel, and I'm getting a little concerned about it even, that, hey, is he going to be asking for another trade? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question to have, and I don't have the number in front of me, but him and uh, I think he's getting paid more than most, or correct me if I'm wrong, it was a two-year right. deal, and I mean, they're not making a ton of money, but they're not going to be able to, uh, right, they're not going to be able to get rid of him most likely, so he's probably going to be here another year, I just don't see the role like you're kind of saying, and um, again, he's been banged up, so maybe they have something in mind down the stretch, but for now, he's kind of an odd man out, just like you might be able to argue Salvin Ahmed is. Plenty of questions. And the best way to find some answers is playing the New England Patriots. That is all the time we have for another Dolphins podcast. Thank you for sticking with us for this recap video, podcast video, wherever you're watching this potato, potato type thing. We'll be back throughout the week with more content. We will get ready for the New England Patriots. We will put this loss to the Eagles in the rearview mirror, even though it does say that if you lose to the Eagles in week seven, your season's over. But that is all the time we have for another Dolphins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with more shows. But until then, fins up. Fins up. Fins up. Fins up.